Welcome to the Check Your Head podcast, Mental Health for Musicians. I'm Mari Fong, uh, your host and longtime music journalist and life coach for musicians. And this is part two of the interview with the Bloody Beetroots and Sir Bob Cornelius Rifo. Uh, we have again Melanie and Anthony Clark of the Amazing Clarks. Um, welcome again to the show. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. It's great to be back. Great to be here. Let's do a quick introduction. I'm Anthony Clark. I'm Melanie Clark. And we are the, the Amazing, Amazing Clarks. Clarks. <laughs> we are award-winning certified life and relationship coaches, and people call us the Amazing Clarks because we empower people to live amazing lives. Awesome. Now, uh, Sir Bob of the Bloody Beat Roots, uh, huge in the electronic world, um, we talked about uh, the first part of our episode. Now, the second part, he does talk about uh, the dangers of taking shortcuts in his life, uh, riding the roller coaster of fame, and also how he's evolved from ex his experiences. So uh, let's take a listen to part two of Sir Bob's interview. And uh, I almost killed myself once, you know. And, and you're talking with a guy that is wearing a mask, playing with strobe lights, mm -hmm. and uh, where you know you cannot breathe properly, you cannot uh, hear properly, you cannot see properly, and you know, okay, put some whiskey in yourself, and that's even you know worse. <laughs> so controlling yourself and delivering a great performance with all your senses open, it was a miracle <laughs> to me. And I discover a different myself. I say, wow, if I can't do this right now without improving, you know, my body language, without improving my uh, resistance, my cardiovascular resistance, if I improve my body, I can deliver like 150 times better than this than tonight. And it switched on me. And I became a superhero. <laughs> I feel like a superhero. You are a superhero. You're definitely, uh -huh. <laughs> a, we're, we're, we're starting this thing, the check your head superheroes, when you come and speak your truth Absolute about mental power. health. <laughs> and you know, you said something really important, because um, a lot of musicians can get to the edge where they feel like they lose themselves, or they might even, you know, uh, try and hurt themselves. I mean, what was, the lowest, what was the lowest point for you, and how did that turn around? Uh, it was uh, 2013 in Australia during a festival called Big Day Out. I was shooting uh, vitamin B12 uh, uh, in veins, you know, because I couldn't stand. And, um, you know, B12 gives you that superpower. Right, <laughs> the energy. You, you, yeah, you can live for an hour and then that's it. <laughs> Just the time for a performance. And I said to myself, I can't, I can't really do this. I have 150 gigs in front of myself until the end of the year. And, you know, I can't do that. And then I started to change. I quit smoking, I quit drinking, I quit everything. And uh, after a week, uh, I started, you know, learning how to be with myself. And that was a very um, evolving year for me. Okay. And consequently, you know, I started, you know, training. You know, it was an evolution. Well, I'm so glad that you went through that evolution. It takes a lot of work, and it's almost like you saw the light. Um, and I think sometimes when people grab a drink or, you know, take drugs or whatever it is to quell their stage fright or anxiety or depression, whatever it is, um, that 
initial lift ends up eventually bringing you down. Yeah, absolutely. And, and possibly that, destroying you. Yeah, but that, that's the problem, you know, not, not uh, facing the problem. You know, you got a problem, you choose the, 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 um, the, the how do you say, the, the shortcut because you're not able to face your problem. Life has all, a lot of problems, you know. Life is hard. And you got to learn how to uh, fix your problems at the moment that your problems are coming to you. And, but that's, that's not only, you know, for performing on stage. That's life in general. You got to learn that. Only you can do it. I'm not Jesus. There's no God. I mean, it's you. All right? <laughs> so without all of that, I mean, I was listening to Lady Gaga, ah. and she was saying that she was going to perform at the Super Bowl. And before that, she said, well, I'm excited. And she said that she was actually nervous, but she's turning that into excitement because those two things almost feel the same. Yeah. Um, how did you end up dealing with the anxiety, this, any stage fright of, you know, performing to hundreds of thousands of people without the whiskey or without, you know, other things well, to... when you know yourself and you know that you can deliver a great performance, that's it, you know? It takes confidence. And, and, and when you learn that confidence of yourself, it's all there. You can transform, you know, the energy. It's, it's really that simple. Uh, but confidence takes time to be built. And, and once again, uh, you know, I want to be redundant. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a journey that you take out of the music business, out of the touring, out of everything. It's at home. It's when you walk, you know, around the streets. It's, it's right there with your friends, with your family. So still, it's a discipline that can be built out of, you know, the stage. You know, you um, have a new remix out mm -hmm. by, um, is it Frank? Frankie. Frankie, <laughs> the Rattlesnakes. <laughs> yeah, those and guys. And it's called, the song is called Why a Butterfly Can't Love a Spider. Mm -hmm. And what I thought was interesting was the chorus says, when I'm high, I'm in heaven. When I'm low, I'm in hell. When I'm up, I'm a sinner. And when I'm down, I'm unwell. And it kind of sounds very much like bipolar, which sometimes happens yeah. to musicians, or just the roller coaster ride, you know, of being in the music industry. I mean, what were some of the early challenges that you had that maybe you can alert other musicians, you know? Well. You know, you cannot be in the spotlight forever. That's that's you know the main issue that a musician have. Uh, it's 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 normal. You have low ways and high ways, and it is what it is. Uh, but you gotta be prepared for the low rides, you know, because on the low rides you can do someone else, you know, some something else, and and still, you know, I wanna say, you know, different passions out of the music will help you to rebuild the music as well. Uh, you know, I've been around for 15 years. There was a lot of, you know, low and high. And um, 
but when I was living my lows, I had great time taking pictures or traveling and meeting new people or driving, you know, drifting with a car or <laughs> going around with a motorbike. Why not? You know, that's all stuff that you can talk about when you start writing a song. But if you have nothing to talk, you know, of course you're going to have depression, anxiety because you're not actually living. So the, the, my question is, what's life for you, man? You know, that's, that's a question that should be submitted to everybody with, with some struggles. What's life for you? Yeah, like what? Tell me what's, what is your life? What, what does do you it love look like? What do you love? What do you enjoy doing? Exactly. Like getting back to the basics. Exactly. And maybe like the core of who you are. Exactly. That's that's then, you know, the, the trick, I guess. Mm. It works for me. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I was reading a little bit about your childhood. Mm. And um, you said you described yourself as kind of like a cuckoo crazy kid. Mm -hmm. And that... I'm um, still... <laughs> okay. Uh, and that you had to move schools, you know, maybe you got into, I don't know if you got into trouble. Can you think of, why would you, did you describe yourself as that? I mean, what were some of the things that you did or said? That, that defined me a cuckoo crazy guy? Right, right. <laughs> we need the stories. We need the <laughs> I think it was, you know, in search for my own language. And I couldn't really interact with the other kids because I was an introvert, first mm -hmm. of all. I was super shy. I was looking for something. And that something came out when I started learning to play guitar. And I said, oh, this is probably my language. And then I started learning drums. I said, oh, this is probably another language that I can use. And then, then I started playing bass and singing jazz music. And I expanded and, and learned how to you know, express myself differently. And uh, and I, I I think I was cuckoo just because I was looking for something, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we're all different. We're all different. Um, and I'm still looking for something, honestly talking. I'm still evolving, you know. Mm -hmm. As long as I'm vertical, I want to evolve, mm -hmm. you know. There's nothing <laughs> that's going to stop me on doing that. What kind of photos do you take? I'm really curious because uh, that I sounds like people. a big part of your life. I love people, so I love taking uh, black and white portraits, you mm. know. And that's something, you know, I, I forget a lot because with my kind of lifestyle, you know, one day I'm in New York, the other day I'm in Seoul. And uh, so uh, I, I forget. I forget a lot. So uh, I, I use photography as a tool to remember. So whenever I meet, uh, you know, someone that is, has like a character or something that attracts me, I have to take a picture of that. Oh, so it's sort of like, um, almost like a diary of, of people that you meet or it places is. that you've gone. Exactly. In fact, in, uh, what's that? In Feb, Mar March next year, I'm going to do my first exhibition in Milan. And the exhibition has three different themes, like people of the beat roots, places of the beat roots, and future memories. So that's going to happen. That's exciting. Yes, it is. And is that, do you think that's going to be a big part of the next chapter of your life that's coming up? I think so. I think so. Because it's the first time that I'm doing something professional out of the music business, you know, trying to create a new life for the Bloody Beatles. Bloody Beatles is music, yes, but Bloody Beatles is also photography. You know, um, 
You mentioned Jay Buchanan of Rival Sons. Mm, my good friend. And, you know, I um, I worked uh, for Sirius XM Radio, and we had a mm. show at the time, and they were just coming on the map, and I loved their music, this old classic rock sort of feel and, you know, great live show. But what surprised me is that when, when Jay Buchanan came on the show, he was very zen. He was almost like Yoda. That's what. I, that's how I felt. He's a guru, man. Yeah, like a guru. And, I, and um, it was just a, a wonderful surprise. And you said that meeting him was, um, you know, kind of changed your life. Yeah. And I'm wondering how, how did he do that? Okay, so I'm Italian. My use of the English language is um, a little bit crazy, you know, as you can understand during this podcast. <laughs> so um, I cannot express myself fully in English. Jay can, okay? So uh, we were, at that time when I met Jay Buchanan, he was on tour with Black Sabbath, uh, and uh, he knocked my the door of my house in, in Silver Lake, uh, saying, I'm Jay, I'm here to work with you. Say, okay, and that's the first time we met. And uh, he had that kind of guru, you know, aura mm -hmm. around him. It's it's Jay. You say, whoa, what's going on here? Who is this man? He's amazing. <laughs> so, so we started writing because at that time I divorced with my wife and uh, had this uh, in super struggle inside me. I couldn't tell anyone. I couldn't even tell Jay how I felt. But Jay read me and uh, he brought out everything out of me. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and he started writing what I was thinking. So it was a life-changing experience. Say, wow, man, <laughs> really? This is, this is only inside me? <laughs> mm -hmm. And you're putting all on lyrics? It's, it's amazing. And uh, in a way, he curated me, you know? Oh. He, he saved my life because uh, he, he put everything out, out there. And it was that, that, you know, those feelings were not in me anymore. Really? Yeah. So he was able to kind of tap into what, what you were feeling and exactly. put it into lyrics exactly. that maybe you weren't able to express because exactly a because bit, the English the yes. English the cranky English. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're doing pretty good. Thank you. And then, um, uh, so that was kind of miraculous in a way to be able Absolutely. to have that on on paper and getting Absolutely. it so well. Absolutely. And so that was. Um, part of the music that you did together. Yes. And, you know, you talked about how um, you're starting to put lyrics into the music because you do want to express yourself uh, in words. And um, how is that, is that progressing or how is that uh, evolving? It's, it, it is evolving. I cannot say anything right now of what's going to happen between Jay and I, but it's definitely evolving in a big way. You know, you had, in 2017, you had a cap that you wore that said no on it. Oh, yeah. And sure. one thing you said was that a good career is made out of more no's than yeses. Absolutely. How do you get to, to, the, to that point where you're um, creating boundaries and saying no? Because I think a lot of musicians that are up and coming, they feel like they have to say yes to everything. Yeah, they want to please everyone, you know. But uh, the, 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 the truth is uh, um, people like you and people hate you. 
that's the thing. You cannot please everyone, you know. And, and saying yes, it's a way to bring the people that hate you to please them. Does it make sense? You got to say no. <laughs> you got to say no because if you don't say no, you don't evolve. So no it's is a form of evolution, I guess. Well, it, it's kind of standing your ground and standing up for yourself first. Yeah, and you need to be a stand-up man, you know. You have uh, your behaviors. You stand up for yourself. You cannot be a yes man all the time. That's mm-hmm. bullshit. Mm-hmm. You know. It's um, So you got to learn how to say no. Uh, you made mistake. Uh, you make mistake, of course. Mistakes, of course. But, you know, uh, it's something that you got to learn still. Mm-hmm. Nothing comes easy, you know. Well, one thing is, um, you know, this podcast, we sort of focus on personal solutions, and you talked a lot about what you do and how your lifestyle has evolved and changed into something wonderful, much better and happier for you. Mm -hmm. Um, How would you suggest a musician uh, reach out for help if they are having, like, a mood disorder or any? you know, struggles with anxiety? Well, first of all, reach out to your friends, talk, because talking is a powerful tool, and we all can do that, pretty much. Um, So I suggest that, because that's the first step to open up to people and say what's going on, you know. And uh, that creates questions from your friends and maybe solutions, you know. So I don't think you got to go straight to a psychiatrist or something like that. Your friends, you know, can understand. Your friends can help you. Also, friends maybe that are not in the music business, they can see yourself differently. Listen to what they say. (laughs) One thing I'm going to say is that your name, Cornelius, was, uh, I read that it was based on Jerry Cornelius, which is a mythical person (laughs) from uh, books. Uh, And... He was described as a secret agent, a superhero, an adventurer, and all things to all men and women, and someone who was of complete anarchy, mm-hmm. uh, but who typically destroys repressive authority. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much what I am. <laughs> I think that you are, and I think that's great that... You've kind of embraced this this personality, and um, you know that you are now becoming like this superhero for people and musicians that are up and coming to live a healthy lifestyle, and you know what to do if uh, they have some mental health issues or challenges. Um, I'm here to help, as I said. That's amazing. Are you doing anything here in the United States, or is it more like a personal thing where you're uh, going up to people that you perform with or people in the electronic world? Uh, you mean in terms of mm, <clears throat> performances that I'm doing here? No, uh, as far as helping others. Oh, well, with... I always, you know, um, we're trying to approach this world. I did something in Europe for some schools, for some major schools. So I want this to happen here in America, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I know this is happening pretty often here in the United States. So, um, you know, we're we're just opening up. You know, Bob is available to talk. Uh, call <laughs> Bob, and Bob will tell you the truth. <laughs> and um, I'm so glad that you are doing this um, because it's so needed. And 
you know, the fact that you came on the podcast to tell your own story. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And um, you do have the remix mm -hmm. uh, from Frank Carter and the Rattlesnakes. Frankie. Uh, please check that out. Uh, you also have a new tune uh, called Zoning from Zoo. Yes. So everyone check out bloodybeatroots.com to get uh, the up-to-date information. Uh, is there anything else that you would like to say? Oh, yeah. Buy the merchandise. Buy the merch. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to buy the merch. Please. There's a nice T-shirt saying, I'm Bob from the Bloody Beatroots. Oh, there you go. Thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. My Thank pleasure. you so much, Sir Bob. And until next time, be persistent in getting the help that you need. Uh, help others in need. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So Anthony and Melanie, we've uh, listened to uh, Sir Bob Cornelius Rifo talk about um, taking time to make personal choices. And I think this is really important because sometimes when we're uh, working so hard, especially with Sir Bob, he's saying he's doing music festivals all over the world, um, to stop and really think about what you want. Um, what kind of advice would you give to, to someone who's just go, 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 and they're just kind of going on autopilot? Maybe going with the flow of what other people are telling them to do, opposed to what they really want to do. You know, I think it's really important to um, always be moving towards a goal, a version of yourself that you want next. So if you think about it, we're all aging, right? Like. Who do you want to be in your 30s? Who do you want to be in your 40s? Who do you want to be in your 50s? And I think people kind of go through life on autopilot and they just kind of wait for what comes next. But we have this amazing ability to create our lives. I told you in the last episode, in our life coaching, it's conscious creation. So who do I want to be next? And when you're in the middle of working hard and you're so busy, it feels like a never-ending story, right? So there's no light at the end of your tunnel. But if you have a five-year plan and a 10-year plan, and you know who you want to be and what you want to happen next in your life, it gives you the full fuel and the energy um, and the excitement to keep going because you know when this ends, then I'm going to go to that next thing. And I think especially in... Um, the entertainment industry, it's like riding a wave and just trying to hold on to that wave for as long as you can. And when it crashes, it's painful because you don't know who you are next. But if you have a plan and you know, when I, when I finish riding this wave, I'm going to get off my surfboard and then I'm going to go build a business or I'm going to create a family or I'm going to travel or whatever you're going to do. You know what you're working for. No one just wants to work and they don't know when they get to get off the ride. Exactly. When that happens, it's really important to find the time, to take the time, whether it's a couple of minutes or an hour, to be in a moment. Because when you're on the run, on the run, on the run, and you don't take time to be in a moment, you're missing it all. And the future is an illusion, the past is an illusion. The only thing that's real is right now, right here, in the moment. This is where the money is. And if you're so focused on running and moving forward and looking what's next, 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 you're missing the now. And eventually you're going to start to feel like something's missing. This isn't worth it. Why am I doing this? I feel like I'm on a wheel. Where's my payoff? Where's my reward? And it's just not a, a physical reward. It's the this, this spiritual reward. 
That's the true reward. And you're not going to experience that until you're in the moment. So whether you have to take the time to have a cup of tea, um, whether it's take the time to take a shower or bath or listen to some um, the music you love or to sit outside in the trees and nature. Nature's a great way to get in the moment and tap back in. Appreciate the tree. Appreciate the leaves. Appreciate Anything that you can, because appreciation brings us in the moment, and that's when that's where the nutrition is. That's where the good stuff is. And then it'll fill you back up. And after you get filled up, now you're ready. Okay, what's next? But even with, and he mentioned in a, which was great, about what do you do when you come down, when things slow down? We compare it to, like, surfing. And when a surfer's out there, he's riding that wave, that big wave. And they're enjoying it. It's thrilling. Yes, this is great. But eventually, they know that wave is going to crash. And when that wave crashes, they don't complain. They don't get mad. They don't blame. They don't cry. They sit down in the water. <sighs> and go, wasn't that great? Then they look around the ocean and how beautiful it is. And how lucky they are to be, have the freedom to be doing this. And they appreciate nature. They're in the moment. And then... They know that next wave is coming. They're eagerly anticipating that it's going to come at the perfect time. But until then, I'm still enjoying it where I'm at. I don't have to be on a high wave. Even the lows can be beautiful. And then next thing you know, here's the next wave, and I'm back on it again. And so it's the same thing in life. So sort of um, kind of taking the highs and the lows and appreciating where you are. Um, you know, you mentioned nature, <clears throat> which I think is something that is there for us all uh, to quiet our minds. Mm. I know that when I go out, take a walk around the block, and look at the beautiful trees and the mm -hmm. sky and the weather, and I'm with my dog, I seem to get the best ideas. Mm -hmm. And I never intend on getting these ideas, but I think it's that's when my mind is relaxed to get that inner intuition yes. and listen to that inner voice that's kind of guiding me toward what I should be doing next. The other thing I learned was, uh, and it was through coaching, mm -hmm. um, taking the time to make a plan. And you know, that time might just be 15 minutes mm -hmm. to sit down with a piece of paper and write down, okay, what are a couple things? What are some things I want to do uh, for the year? What are some things I want to do for the next quarter? Mm -hmm. uh, what's something that I want to do this month? Mm -hmm. And making it fun. Mm -hmm. um, I would, like, draw, you know, a picture of myself or something in the middle and just little circles around me on things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, is that when I do that, I look back at it, let's say, the next month, and I find that I've done those things mm -hmm. and it yes. just kind of goes into your self self-conscious yes. and when i also learn to just i take a little um um just a tiny postcard sized piece of paper i might write two or three things down that i want to get done for the day even things like that and checking it off yep. It makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm progressing and I'm kind of focused on what I want to do with my life and with my day and with, you know, my month. Um, and it's very simple. But I think sometimes, like you said, we get so caught up 
with our work that、mm-hmm. we don't even take the ten minutes to stop and plan a little. You, you know, one of the reasons why that walk feels so good, and you're able to come up with ideas, or when you write stuff down, you're able to feel good about it, is because we have, on average, seventy thousand thoughts per day as human beings. And only a certain amount of those thoughts are going to get through our conscious filter into the subconscious mind, and we create stuff that goes into the subconscious. So, that's seventy thousand thoughts per day, which ninety percent of those thoughts are coming from external sources—TV, radio, people—all this stuff we're being bombarded. So that thing that you want to happen, or you you like that thought that you want to, that you're searching for, it's competing with all of, all of that. And only a selective few are going to get through that conscious filter into the subconscious mind to help you to create it. So that walk, enjoying nature, is getting rid of that seventy thousand. The majority of that seventy thousand is fighting for your focus, and you're able to focus on what it is that you want. Then you can hear the subconscious. You can tap into it,、um, or writing it down. By writing it down, you're consciously blocking out the other stuff, the noise. And that stuff is actually going to your subconscious and to the spirit, which then feels great. Like, ah, I can feel it. I can see it. I feel successful. I have movement. You know, Sir Bob does talk a lot about evolving、mm-hmm. from his own difficult experiences,、um, and you also talked about hopelessness and getting to a point where you feel disconnected from people.、Um, and people do suffer from depression, which、Absolutely. oftentimes, even if You're depressed, and you're surrounded by family and friends that love you. You still feel disconnected.、Mm-hmm. In fact, it's hard to even feel during depression. What sort of advice would you give to somebody when they're at their lowest point, just to get to the next step up? The pet detective. What's his name? Jim Carrey. Jim, Jim Carrey. Carrey. <laughs> Jim Carrey had a perspective on this that was amazing, dead on. And he was saying that depression. Is really when, basically, that ego that originally jumped in to solve an issue, but it never really had the issues to solve, like I talked about earlier, doesn't really solve it. We become this facade, this character that we invest all this time and energy into, and how we look and how people perceive us and how we want to, but it's not real. And then after a while, we get tired of this facade. Because who we really are, we feel like we're smothering it. We're not expressing that. So he was saying that, that depression, de- being depressed, is a deep rest, deep rest. So that's why people that are depressed will sleep. They don't want to do anything because, in a way, they're trying to. They're going. I don't want this character anymore. I want to be someone different. I don't want this facade. So, if I had to say one thing that they can do, is to find gratitude and appreciation. Just one little bit about life, about where they're at. You don't have to solve everything, but find some some degree of gratitude and appreciation, because appreciation is love in its smallest and most concentrated form. And the more you appreciate something, the more you'll like it. First of all, you'll feel relief. Then you keep doing it, you'll learn to like it. And if you keep doing it, you'll learn to love it. And if you keep doing it, you'll fall in love with it. And so it's little incremental steps, but it starts with being finding appreciation. You know what? Maybe you're not 
the old you used to be. Maybe you're not able to be out there having fun and being and being healthy and working out, but you're alive. Mm-hmm. You're alive. There's lots of people right now that would kill to be in your shoes. There's people, the babies and children and old people. Start with that. Well, you did mention something called uh, deep deep rest. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, depressed people. Uh, do feel so tired, and they don't want to do anything but stay in bed, Um, which brings me to the topic of burnout. Um, I find that musicians, even when they're doing something they love, if they're doing too much of it, or if they don't take a break, or if they're on this high adrenaline for so long, your body ends up uh, just shutting down. Mm -hmm. And Burnout is a real thing, and depression can be uh, a result of burnout. Um, What are some of the things that you could suggest for people to try and prevent burnout? One of the things that people can do to prevent burnout is to implement a regimen of self-care and just have awareness of it and take it. Um, I love that Sir Bob said the people that are managing musicians just want to make money. So they will drive you into the ground and then toss you aside when they're done with you. So you have to have the, um, you have to have the foresight to say, I'm going to incorporate some self-care. I'm going to take some days off. I'm going to, I have to have this because I can't perform at my highest level. And, you know, we all in our society are working really hard and moving really fast and we'll take on a million things. And I love that he said the word no. You have to say no. You have to be able to say no, I can't do this. No, I'm tired. No, I need to rest. Um, And really taking care of yourself and having that as part of your schedule, getting sleep. Um, I know musicians have a hard time coming off of that high energy, so it's hard for them to sleep. So learning to meditate, um, creating the sleep that they want. There's actually a way to do that. Um, And again, most people don't understand how their minds work and their energy and their bodies work, so they don't know how to do these things. And when it comes to people actually getting burned out and being depressed, what happens when we're sleeping? Our body repairs itself. Our mind's repairing itself. I really don't understand why people say people sleeping is a bad thing. Oh, you're sleeping all the time. Uh, I have been awake for a long time and fighting for a long time. Your body's helping you um, to repair itself. And you have to make self-care a priority. And that means stepping away from what you're doing, um, having other interests, reading books, learning about yourself. Like that's self-care. Um, we just went to a conference and I loved this. Um, we went to a seminar with this lovely lady from the movie, The Secret. Her name is Lisa Nichols. And she has this analogy that you have to fill up your own love cup. So look at yourself like a, a cup with a saucer. You have to pour so much love into that cup that it spills over to the saucer. And then you serve others from the saucer, not the cup. Because if you serve from the cup, you're going to deplete the cup. And that's what's happening to us. We're giving, 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 and we're not replenishing. You have to have replenishing built into your lifestyle, no matter what your lifestyle is. Whether you're a mom, a musician, a CEO, it doesn't matter. Any of us that do not fill our cup are going to crash and burn. So you have to figure out what are the things that make your cup feel full? What is it that you need to do for yourself to fill your love cup? And it's different for everyone. And so um, I love helping people discover what that is for them. It's amazing. Well, saying no is uh, 
a good way to create boundaries yes. and kind of standing your ground. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that when people say no to me and they give me an explanation, I really appreciate that and I respect when they say no. Yeah. So I think people need to remember that um, people will respect you when you say no. Uh, some people will have a little hissy fit, mm-hmm. but you need to kind of stand your ground and allow them to do that, but know that if you're changing and you're becoming a better person and you're starting to create boundaries, the people that you didn't have boundaries with before are going to maybe be a little uncomfortable with the change, Absolutely. but being kind of um, uh, steadfast mm-hmm. in uh, evolving and allowing them to get used to this new person. Right. You know, I agree 100%. To me, I'm going to always go back to, because it always goes back to that connection within, that internal guidance system. It knows what's best for you. It knows what's not best for you. And the key is to listen, to learn to listen to that, not the ego. You have to learn to distinguish between what's the ego and what's the spirit. spirit. Because the ego could trick you and pretend to be spiritual. But. Your higher self, like I said, has looks at everything through a certain through certain perspectives. One of the things about me that really frustrates a lot of people is that I follow my internal guidance system, whether people like it or not. And trust me, I piss a lot of people off sometimes. But I've learned that when I follow that internal guidance system, things work out well. Even not if not in the short term, it works out well in the long term. I have faith in it. And it keeps me in alignment. Most of the time when I listen to other people and do it their way, it doesn't work out well. And then I go, ah, oh, damn it, why did I listen to my higher spirit in the first place? Ah! So I've learned to not ignore it and listen and have faith. And because of that, I'm in alignment. Now, I am not responsible for anyone else's alignment except my own. So if somebody gets pissed off with me, they're out of alignment. That's their frequency. That's their vibration. I'm not responsible for that. If somebody does something I don't like that they tell me no, I stay in alignment. I may not want to hear that. Like, okay, hey, but that's there. They're following the internal guidance system. Okay, let me keep it, keep it moving. I don't take it personally because I'm aware of that. I'm a conscious creator. So if other people are upset, that's on them. The people that love me, the people that are in alignment, they're going to get it. Mm-hmm. And... Those are actually the people I want to be around. Those are the people that I want to attract. I don't want to have to convince you to be around. I don't want to have to be someone I'm not to be. And that's the beauty of, especially as an artist. The more authentic an artist is, the more he's going to tap into that creativity. Right. But, and then the less depressed they're going to feel. Yes. You know, um, just really quickly, also saying no is part of self-love. Because think about it. If you... Would you stand up for someone who didn't want something outside of yourself, a friend, a family member? If you knew they didn't want something, you'd say, no, don't do that to them. They don't want that. They don't like that. But for some reason, we've learned to be people pleasers, and we won't do it for ourselves. So I always tell my clients, you say no, and you speak your truth. Speak your truth. You speak your truth for you, because you are standing up for yourself, and you are loving yourself in the best way by speaking your truth. And it is not to convert people. It's not to convince them or to manipulate them. It is for you. 
And that starts to fill that love cup because you are looking out for you. You are your own advocate and you are not a victim in this life. And the only person that's going to save you is you. So you have to be the number one person that speaks your truth for you. And it does not matter what other people think because they have their own agendas. They're not looking out for your truth. It's for you. Right. And that's what makes a great leader. Yes. If you're able to do that, whether you're introvert or extrovert, quote unquote, that's what... Re that resonates with people. Now, people that are so far out of alignment that that doesn't re resonate with them, there's some people that you just can't reach no matter what you do, there's nothing you can say and do. But there, most people are looking for that answer. They're looking for that, that connection, and they can't find it within themselves. So when you're being that, it comes across. That's when people around you are like, something about him. I, 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 wanna, I wanna be around this. I wanna because be like that. That person is tapping into their connection and it's affecting your connection and waking your connection up. And it's like, even if I don't really understand what's going on here, there's something good here. My spirit's telling me. And that's why people will follow you if you can do it from that place. Um, and I, we do events all the time. And whether it's a big corporate event or, you know, we're billionaires, it doesn't matter. I can get on that stage. And I connect the spirit, and I say whatever comes out. I'm going to say some shit that might be very politically incorrect. <laughs> I'm going to do whatever, whatever. But because it's from my higher self, they feel it, and they love it, and it wakes up their higher selves. Yeah. And all of a sudden, everybody's in the same vibration of frequency. Just like music. Right, just, just like, like music. music. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But you have to be vulnerable to do that in order to tap into your higher self. You can't care about what other people think. Because once you start thinking, you break off that connection. You know, that brings me to the question about uh, the difference between a therapist and a life coach. And I've been to a therapist and I've also been to a life coach, but I wanted you to kind of explain to people what the difference is and, you know, what to expect if they decide to uh, get into any kind of coaching. You know what? There are different types of life coaches. And our brand of life coaching, uh, we teach people conscious creation we are very um, interested in law of attraction, brain science, quantum physics. We're um, really loving and supporting people and empowering them to use their thoughts and their emotions and their minds to attract what they want to attract in their lives and to create the lives that they want. And we are vulnerable. We share um, our pain, our struggle. I've been depressed. One of the reasons I got into um, personal growth and life coaching was I went through a lot of pain and struggle in my life. And I was in a really dark place and I just started asking my spirit, how do I get out of this? And I started attracting the things that I needed and I learned about myself and how my energy worked and how my mind worked. And then I just wanted to share it with other people because it's like, this is a way to get out of that, right? And I was so excited about it. So because we open ourselves up and we share our experience and we have so many different perspectives to help people, um, that's what we do as life coaches. Um, therapists don't tend to do that. Therapists are have some really strict guidelines. They actually don't give advice. Um, they just ask you questions. You're supposed to kind of figure it out for yourself. Um, they're not allowed to share anything personal about themselves. So you kind of there's kind of a feeling like they're on this, you know, they're above you and they're just kind of watching you and you're taking in the information and you're just kind of sharing it. But in what we do, and, and I love this, we, we literally love our clients. Our clients are 
family. Um, there are friends. We have clients having babies right now. Like we're getting ready to go visit a bunch of, we're doing the baby tour to visit all these wonderful babies that our clients are having. And life coaches are here to guide you through the challenges that you're going to have for your life. And you have to understand there's no getting it done. You're never going to get to the place where you wake up one day and you're like, I have it all figured out. Nothing's ever going to hurt me or make me sad. Or, But I'm going to learn through life coaching how to manage those highs and lows. I'm going to have processes I can use to manage my energy, to attract what I want, to show up as my best self, to continue to grow into who I want to be and not live life by default. So that's our brand of life coaching. I can't speak to all life coaching because some life coaches are just going to give you goals and say kind of push you and hold you accountable to those goals but we're more about empowering people we don't want to keep them forever we want to give them tools go use the tools come back to us when you need us the next time you feel like you need some more new tools um, and we just love and support people we've helped so many people attract things that they desperately wanted in life and didn't think they could didn't have. think they could have it and we showed them how to have it, whether it's happiness, whether it's a partner, whether it's more success, financial, or whatever it is, we're very honored. This is all, we know that this is our purpose mm-hmm. in life. One of guides. Yeah. Now, what do you do? I know musicians often can have mood disorders, depression, anxiety, PTSD, and so many different things, uh, which are part of life. Uh, but what if um, someone comes up to uh, a musician? Someone comes up to you and says they need help. I think it starts with sometimes people just need someone to listen. It starts with that. You don't have to solve anything for them, but sometimes just someone that they can have a sounding board, just someone they can just talk to. Um, That's the first step. You know, um, I'm always going to go back to love because love is the most powerful energy in the universe and sometimes just saying I hear you I'm here for you and I love you and I'm gonna hold space for you Mm -hmm. you know you're gonna get through this I may not know how but I'm here and I will sit with you I will cry with you I will go through it with you because I love you you're really loved by me and just knowing that you're loved sometimes is enough to help you to go okay I'll have the energy to keep going forward. We can't solve everyone's problems. Everyone can't solve their own problems sometimes, right? Right. But just knowing that you're not alone and that you're being heard and that what you're going through is not being diminished. It's real. It's real to you. And there's someone that's willing to go through it with you and help you discover what you need to discover to get to the other side of it. Thank you so much, Melanie, and thank you, Anthony Clark. Thank you. Uh, Anthony and Melanie Clark, uh, Certified Life Coaches, The Amazing Clarks. And uh, the website is theamazingclarks.com. Mm-hmm. Amazingclarks.com. And thank you again to Sir Bob Cornelius Rifo of the Bloody yes. Beat Roots for sharing his story. Uh, we're going to close out uh, with another one of his new songs. Uh, and until next time, be persistent in getting the help that you need help others in need, and speak your truth on mental health.
Check Your Head is kindly supported by Sweet Relief Musicians Fund, Lemon Tree Studios in Los Angeles, and other kind donors and sponsors. Visit checkyourheadpodcast.com where you'll find more resources for mental health. And please subscribe to our podcast, especially on our Patreon page, uh, where we've got all kinds of gifts and goodies for you. Also, find us on social media on Facebook and Instagram.